0: excited to invite my first ever guest. He's a dear friend of mine, and he's one of the smartest basketball minds I know. He's written for the bird rights of SB Nation, covering the New Orleans Pelicans, as long as the New Orleans Advocate. Once again, I'd like to give a warm welcome to my good friend, Johnny Javi.
1: Oh, thank you very much. This is kind of cool to be like the first guest on the Point Guard Podcast. Dude, I know. You You guys are kind of like blowing up on Instagram. A little bit. I mean, this is like you're kind of becoming a a, a larger brand, which is <laughs> exciting. So, thank you. I'm actually like, like you know, it means a lot that you, uh, you invited me on as the first guest.
0: Yeah, dude. You know, I've been like kind of scouring Twitter. There's some guys I like who post good mm-hmm. stuff, but I feel like we just text every day, so we already have that rapport. You know? <laughs> right, we exactly. Have that back and forth. Yeah. You know? Are you watching Don Cheech? Things like that. We say right. back and forth.
1: Right. Uh, <laughs> right. And I but have yeah. been watching Doncic, and you have been watching Doncic. So here we are.
0: Yeah, um, here we are, and um, you know I'm gonna just jump into the games. We're recording this today on Monday, Labor Day, but um, the games tonight. We're gonna have the Milwaukee Bucks and Heat, and I know you have things that you're dying to say about the Bucks um, mm-hmm. specifically, honest, and mm-hmm. things we always like to talk about with the Heat. Um, and I'll just start it by saying I remember you messaging me just about betting on the Heat before this series started. Yeah, I regret And it. I know oh, I regret I didn't not end up betting either. on them either. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now it's you know in hindsight, of course, it looks you know a lot better. But even at the time, it just kind of felt like why would the Bucks beat the Heat? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know the Heat just kind of. You know they had close games against the Pacers, but they looked really good throughout. And um, here we are. You know they nearly swept the Bucks, and now they're up four one in the series. Um, after the Bucks barely won Game Four. Um, so yeah, I mean, what do you make of these two teams, and if the Bucks have any chance at all to claw their way farther back into the series? And yeah, mm-hmm. I just want to hear your thoughts.
1: Yeah, I mean, as of this moment, I don't think we know if Giannis is playing. Um, but I just right. remember watching the Bucks when they were playing the Magic, and I just was, like, scratching my head because I just didn't see how the supporting cast of the Bucks was better than, like, the collective Miami team. I mean, Miami's so deep where when they're playing, they're anybody that comes off the bench in the rotation you don't feel like it's a liability maybe the only person that's been a little bit of a liability has been Nunn but Spolstra has been smart enough to like kind of have a short leash with none, which is like totally you know it's fine for Nunn to not be you know an amazing 10th guy off the bench whatever he's a rookie and you know Spolster will see that he's not even he's not playing you know he's not comfortable he's turning the ball over a little bit and he'll yank him and that's fine because they have three or four other guards or at least you know wings versatile wings uh that can play the two sometime if need be um where it just doesn't feel like this team has a wing a weak link whereas like every other team we've seen at least on the east especially like the celtics um you know i I don't know who i trust after their uh you know their front six or seven. I mean, even you know Wanamaker is a little bit of a a head scratch for me. But with the Bucks, everything has to be going right for them to win. You know, they're not. There's somebody. They, yeah. they need like a 17 point Corver game. They need you know George Hill uh, having some you know incredible defensive plays. They they need Bledsoe to to give him more than they, than he's given. And so you know you watch the Heat. Against a Pacers team without Sabonis, sure. I mean, they weren't, you know, necessarily 100%, but you just saw them kind of take care of business, and, and they share the ball, and Hi- Hero and Robinson are just lights out, and they're terrifying. Um, and then Crowder was playing really well to start the playoffs. So for me, it just seemed like they had three wings um, and Bam to play Giannis and to me it was like okay if there's any team that could do it maybe them maybe it would be the celtics with with their wings if you know hayward maybe could come back and there'd be like a third person but i don't really take hayward as a defensive you know i don't, i'm not frightened if if i'm on him <laughs> it just kind of seemed like it was the recipe for this team cuz i i don't know i don't i don't love middleton's fit which is something we can talk about with the bucks i just i just feel like they kind of cap strangled themselves yeah. When they signed him to like a 30 million, you know, uh, I just, I'm just i not sure if that's the kind of player that Giannis needs. I mean, I think he's a great player to have. But as, you know, when you pay him that kind of second fiddle money and you let go of Brogdon, which was kind of a head scratch when it happened, um, it just kind of felt like they were, they had the team in place. And then they just kind of said, all right, we'll run it back. But without that, you know, third playmaker. Yeah. Um, Cause I just, I don't know, uh, Bledsoe is, sometimes he's, he's on it and you're like, wow, Bledsoe, like, did you know he was compared to Le- LeBron, but only one <laughs> like when he was coming out of college and now we're just like, what does he do well? He's just kind of, you yeah. know, large. I mean, I don't mean to pick on the guy, but it's a lot to, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of pressure to put on him as a guard. So those are my thoughts. I'm not, just not sure this is the kind of team um, based on what the East is, you know, the current makeup of the East, is right now. I'm just not sure this is, like, the team for Giannis, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I mean, you definitely hit on a lot of the points that I was thinking, and, I mean, we've talked about this before with the Heat, and just, like, something, you know, once again, somehow just bringing this back to Luka Doncic, but you talk about just a player you trust Mm -hmm. with the ball in your hands, and, you know, we always say that with Luka, like, he's just going to make the right decision, and it's almost like... I feel that about just about every single player on the heat. I mean, whether they're going to shoot the ball or just pass it off for a better chance, everyone just seems to know their roles so well with Mm -hmm. this team. And I mean, it comes down to even their bench, like hero and Iguodala and Mm -hmm. Olinik. I mean, these guys just play so well together. Um, And yeah, it's not the case with the bucks. Um, You know, I've, looking at their box score just from the last game, and you just wonder, like, I mean, Wesley Matthews, 25 minutes, three points, a minus 25. Mm. Um, Is it it really that bad? Wow. It's that bad, and the two games before, he hasn't scored more than six points, but he played over 30 minutes in both those games. And it's just kind of like, you know, here they have Connaughton putting in 13 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. He scored two points. And this is the game they won. This is the last game. Right, this was yesterday, four.
1: last or a couple of days ago, whatever it was.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, clearly uh, we know Giannis left the game, um, and then Middleton had a huge game, um, 36-8-8. and But, yeah, like outside of that, uh, Bledsoe had his best game probably with 14 points. Um, you know, Lopez had 14. It just – they – that game was Middleton bailing them out. And I guess I want to just talk about Middleton a little bit more, touch on what you said about, you know, how I'm not exactly sure if he's the fit with this Bucks team, but mm-hmm. let's just, I guess, look at it through Giannis, whether or mm-hmm. not he's playing um, next game. I just want to imagine that he is, because I think he actually will try to play, whether he's not 100% or not. I'm not exactly mm-hmm. sure, but... Um, so, like, what the Heat have been doing to Giannis this entire series, they just basically have four guys floating in his vicinity, just, de- just telling him to pass the ball and let someone else do something. Right, they have so, him
1: initiating the play, which is always interesting.
0: Right. Uh, so, something I was just thinking about, like, even though we were just kind of talking about Middleton and how we're not sure if he's a fit, I mean, I feel like Middleton needs to just be getting a ton of shots up. Um, mm mm-hmm. And I wonder if they've let Middleton handle the ball a lot. You right. know, maybe, maybe use Giannis, um, maybe use the pick and roll with Giannis, with Giannis as the roll guy. Just, mm-hmm. just something to kind of throw the heat off a little bit because, like I said, when Giannis has the ball, it's just, you know, they're going to have three, four guys around him just daring him to do anything because they're going to you know, let him shoot if he wants. Um, but, you know, ideally they want Giannis to pass out of, you know, any drive he goes on. So I'm just wondering, like, do you give Middleton the ball more and just mm. let him orchestrate the offense? Because um, I have a hard time just trusting Giannis with the ball. And, I mean, yeah. What do you think about yeah, that?
1: Yeah, I think, I, think I think that that's probably their best recipe for success with, with at least this matchup against the Heat. Because even if Giannis is on a fast break, Uh, the Heat are so disciplined on defense that they're able to kind of contain him a little bit. And they could kind of use Giannis like Bam. You know, get him the ball at the high post. You know, get him, you know, do these, you know, use this motion offense that allows him to be a playmaker and allows him to be an actual playmaker at the triple threat. Because what is Giannis doing when he's just taking it at the top of the key? You know he's, you know everybody they have shooters everywhere, sure, but is Giannis one on one against a wall of three people really? I mean, it comes down to whether or not you trust him as the playmaker. And I feel like Giannis is somebody that is a great finisher. He's great as a one man fast break, but I've never really seen him as uh, a LeBron, you know, type of player. That has the ball in his hands and makes the right decision every play as a passer and as a scorer i think he right. he's somebody that you know takes advantage of his speed and size and length but it's like you were saying it's like he needs somebody and middleton can, showed a little bit last game that he can be that guy to initiate the offense and then use that pick and roll you have brooke lopez who's a big man who can spread the floor I don't know if I really trust Eric Bledsoe as a um, as a shooter, but if I don't understand why Bledsoe isn't that guy who's, who's making hard cuts to the basket and, and just giving them options. Um, it's a little confusing. It, it kind of makes me feel like Giannis needs a, a two-guard or uh, any kind of scoring or facilitating kind of guard um, that would be a better pair with him. Because um, I think, like, Middleton, you know, in its... You know, in a vacuum, is a great complementary player, if you're honest. But he's making 30 million a year every year, and you got Bledsoe locked in 15 plus yeah. for the next three or four years, whatever it is. So, how do you build a team around that nucleus, um, assuming they re-sign him for the max? I just don't see how that works, and I'm not sure that either Middleton or Bledsoe have had enough playoff experience um, where they can consistently. Um, take those roles um, you know of a I think about LeBron's um, supporting cast right you know LeBron has always had a guard essentially to when he's had success to um, be that playmaker for him and he can just do off ball things and be creative and be somebody that uh, can trust somebody without the ball he's had Kyrie, he's had Dwayne Wade um, and then he's had that complimentary big man player. It feels like Giannis is the complimentary big man player, but he is the MVP of the league. I mean, he's kind of like Shaq. He's kind it's of really like really
0: interesting. Yeah.
1: It, it it just and so I feel like you know my 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 uh, you know thought about the Bucks is like how do you how do you tweak this team because I don't think it necessarily. You know I don't think you need to get rid of this whole roster or anything like that but is Bledsoe the right guard for this team is Middleton at this money the right money for this team I mean uh I mean I would even I would even argue that somebody like Westbrook you flip Middleton for Westbrook and that's potentially a better fit for Giannis you know somebody who's just yeah. always looking to score always trying to take the burden off of him um you know would the Bucks do kind of a rash move like that when Middleton's Probably still not in the prime of his career. Who knows? Um, I can't really get a read on somebody like that. He's tall. He can shoot. He can score from anywhere. Um, but it just—I I just feel like Giannis should not be the guy handling the ball at this stage of his career yet. Um, especially against this Heat team. You know, if it's against a ma- the Magic, I mean, they can kind of—you know—they can—they can kind of take a possession off. Um, He's he's not getting guarded by elite defenders. But I don't know. I just don't see the current makeup of his team as a success, a successful situation for Giannis.
0: Yeah, I agree 100%. And it, it's interesting, like... I mean, it, again, yeah, like we're talking about the MVP of this league. Um, but I have it in my notes here, too. If I'm... You know, this is the last time I'm going to bring up Don Cheech. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm thinking, like... We had a like just a little debate the other day or we just talking about like who would you rather have Luca Doncic or Giannis. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. and I definitely you know, I, I it's it was definitely close in my mind. But I'm thinking if I mean I'm thinking if the Mavericks if you switch these players, I bet the Mavs just get swept by the Clippers, you know? If you switch Doncic with Giannis Oh with Giannis, I, mean, Mav- I see what you're saying. With the supporting yeah, casts. Yeah. Yeah, and I just the Mavs pulled two games um, out of you know out of their ass just by Luca mm. doing everything for them. I mean that's you know, yeah. I wanna of course they had you know sure, performances from other guys like Traverh yeah.
1: Tim Hardaway but like Seth Curry, sure.
0: At the end of the day they're running that entire thing through Luca and wasn't
1: his usage rating also like over forty percent?
0: Oh it was through the roof like something, yeah, it was something That's something like, like that. comical
1: like that. So it wasn't like like the stats prove he was handling the ball and making the plays Uh, right yeah
0: Um, and yeah I mean Giannis it's difficult and it's almost you know like I said we kind of saw this coming with the Heat like it just Mm -hmm. felt good Mm -hmm. the Heat versus the Bucks Um, but yeah I'll just kind of leave it at that um, that I'm not exactly sure you know when it comes to the playoffs what the Bucks have with their team right now you know it's it's I mean, I think looking back on it, choosing to let Brogdon go is a huge mistake. Um, I can't say I saw, you know, Brogdon's big playoff performances to the Pacers sure. and his season coming. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, clearly he's a guy that you can trust handling the ball, shooting, and making good passes, um, which, you know, that's, you don't really trust Bledsoe with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um,
1: Right, and he was young, too. I mean, I think he was a second-round pick, so he was just kind of after his second year on the team that they yeah. kind of were like, well, I don't know. We're paying people money. So, yeah, it is what it is, but unless Bledsoe proves he can be that third fiddle, because everybody else should be a role player, relatively, and Bledsoe shouldn't be a role player if he's getting paid 15 a year. Um, yeah, I'm Bledsoe's with I just, had I just a... Don't... Yeah, I don't know. It's been a it's big nothing from Bledsoe, in my opinion. His stat line's been weird. He was shooting like very. Uh, well, I don't, do you have those stat? Uh, do you have those? I don't have Bledsoe's up?
0: numbers up right now. But I was didn't I mean to cut you off. But I was going to say I, sure. I know for a fact he he shot terribly last playoffs too. Um, yeah, he did. So it, it kind of feels like the same thing again. Um, and yeah, I don't know if you want to add anything else about the Bucks series.
1: No, I just think that in general, you need a ball handler to win in the playoffs. You need somebody who, you know, if Giannis becomes that, that's great. But I, I, I think that you need somebody, especially late in the game, uh, when things get tight and they're gonna double you, who can just make the right play. And Luka was doing that, and that's why he was able to steal a couple games from maybe the best team in the NBA. Uh, you saw what happened the other night with uh, Rondo coming back and having some big shots and, and, and just being able to, to handle the ball. Um, that really impacts how the Lakers play. And I just don't know if Middleton, if that's, if that's too much to put on Middleton, I guess, especially with this matchup when you have you know four-plus guys that can guard both Giannis and Middleton. <laughs> So yeah. it's just it's just a terrible matchup for the Bucks, and I, I think that the makeup of the team needs to be rethought a little bit.
0: Yeah, definitely. it'll um, It'll be interesting to see what happens this off season. Um, you know, I I think we'll see what Giannis's injury status is, but I think you can pretty much stick a fork in the Bucks. Um, and yeah, we'll see what they do going forward. Um, and I'm just gonna jump right into. The other series, um, the Lakers and Rockets, um, you know, I don't think there's. I have so much fun talking about both these two teams. Um, <laughs> like I just, there's so much to talk about with these two. There's so much star power and ball handling. You know, something we were just hitting right. on the Bucks for. Right. Um, and I don't know. There's just something so exciting about this series, and I feel like it could maybe go seven games now. Um, I mean, it's off to a start like that at one, one, um, but yeah, I kind of just touched on it. in My last pod It was actually down when the Rockets were, um, they were up three, two on the Thunder and, you know, I had said that I thought they were going to win that game and they lost, but then they won game seven barely. Um, but I thought the Thunder were like a very tough matchup for the Rockets. Um, mm-hmm. Just because it's very, you know, they're they're clashing styles. The Thunder is such a slow half-court team. Um, and, you know, you trust Chris Paul to really run that offense. And the, and the Thunder played so hard. I mean, they played them so well. Um, you know, Dort was just doing an amazing job on Harden. Um, but then, you know, I was saying that if the Rockets were to get to this series against the Lakers, that they would give the Lakers a lot of trouble. Um, mm-hmm. Because... You know the Lakers are not a very slow team. Um, they are they are somewhat in the middle in terms of pace. They they lean closer towards um, the uh, the faster teams in the league. But you know running with this Rockets team is really you know you're playing with fire. Um, and you know after game one, I was pretty concerned um, because all these things I've been saying about the Lakers that you know with LeBron and AD. I mean, what happens when LeBron and AD score, let's say, less than 60 points combined? So they Mm -hmm. have to, they they, um, combine for less than 60 points. Just where are the Lakers getting those points from um, to keep up with the Rockets? And these are just my observations from last night. Um, You know, they had Markeith Morris obviously catch fire in the beginning. That was a huge boost. But... Weirdly enough, and this was something I didn't really think about with the Lakers or s- like even see coming, but Rondo had such a big impact on that game for them. Yeah. Um, like, I think you had 10 assists in that game. Um, just
1: somebody who can make plays. You just, it, just, it was strange plays, to see Rondo. Man. Just <laughs> somebody who can handle been, the ball.
0: <laughs> their guards have been so bad. I mean, Caldwell, Pope, Kuzma, Waiters, Caruso, they... You know, some of these guys are fine players, but they just have not shown up at all in the playoffs. And they finally had some shooting from them last night because Rondo not only stepped up with playmaking, but he had five steals in that game. A mm. guard who can help defend, you know, take pressure right. off LeBron because the Lakers guards have been playing so poorly. And, you know, I'll pass it to you now. And just what do you mm. think? Can the can Rondo, like, be this X factor for the Lakers through the whole series. And I mean, do you think they continue to slow James Harden down, slow Russell Westbrook down? And yeah, I mean, should the Lakers be the favorites in this series still?
1: Mm, yeah, I mean, I think that what was interesting was I think that the first game they played, they didn't have a tr- true point guard starting the game.
0: No. They had they didn't. Danny
1: Green and Caldwell start the game. And it was kind of like hilarious when you like really. I mean, I, saw, I think it was ESPN or TNT, one of the two, that was, made this graphic that was like, you know, they really were highlighting how big and small the teams were. And you look at, the, like, the Lakers starters, and I guess in game two, they, they, they played McGee for a hot sec, um, mm-hmm. probably at the start of each half. But overall, they went to playing Davis at the five, because this is you know the the ideal matchup where if yeah, davis what do you think doesn't of that? move to the 5 i mean i think you have to do it um, you know people rave about pj tucker's defense but i think that anthony davis is, is is like giannis not somebody who can win you a playoff game by himself because he's not or shouldn't be in a position to be initiating the offense so he's able to get some some tough uh, long two jumpers um, at the top of the uh, At the top of the free throw line Or in the wing and he can just shoot over Tucker which we've seen yeah. But you know you have LeBron and you're starting Five at least who's initiating the offense And then you have your role players You got LeBron, you got Anthony and then you have your role players surrounding him And the Lakers desperately needed Somebody like Rondo to come in To control The, the, the pace for The, the bench players you know, George Hill kind of is that role, um, mm-hmm. or can be that role um, for the Bucks. Um, sometimes he starts, sometimes he doesn't. But, um, but they didn't have that player, and Rondo was plus twenty-eight in yeah, that game. crazy. I was
0: going to bring that up. <laughs>
1: kind of shocking. So, I mean, I think that you're putting a lot of pressure on somebody like Austin Rivers. So I don't think he even played that much in the last game to be able to. You know guard rondo even though austin rivers is a great defender but i guess they just haven't really been leaning on him and so mm-hmm. you're making you know james harden is really good at guarding big men um russell westbrook uh should in theory be able to guard somebody like that but just to have somebody who's healthy who can handle the ball and just make the right decision because you have somebody like morris you have somebody like kuzma where like if they're set up in a good position like they're gonna knock down shots and and they're gonna be solid but to put so much pressure like we've seen so much of morris um attempt to be the playmaker and that just did not turn out you know i think that had mixed results in past games so i wasn't necessarily surprised because we've seen this out of rondo in the past especially in the playoffs but I still think that the I still think this is going to be a pretty tight series because I think at the end of the day the series is just who makes the most threes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and who gets some
1: foul trouble and, and can Westbrook be that playmaker that we know he should be?
0: Yeah, no, you're you're totally right, um, and that, that's what I'm kind of thinking with this last game as I look at it now. Um, you know, all the guys I was just crapping on all actually shot very well. Um, which they haven't been all playoffs, like Caldwell Pope and Danny Green and um, Kuzma. And, yeah, the Lakers as a team shot 44% from three last game, Um, and you can probably attribute a lot of that to Rondo and his playmaking. Um, Mm -hmm. So it just makes me curious, like, if the Lakers can keep this up with Rondo, um, you know, having this other great secondary playmaker um, open up shots for other guys, because the other thing I was thinking with the Lakers, and they they didn't do this, and they won the game, and it was what you were just talking about with playing AD at the five, but I wonder if they can, like... I thought they would try to kind of mimic the Thunder, and, you know, now playing mm. Rondo a lot, but, you know, Dwight didn't play at all last game, but, you know, giving Dwight and McGee some extra minutes with Davis at the four, um, playing at a slow half-court offense, and then you have... You know, the Lakers actually lead the whole um, league this playoffs in offensive rebounds, so you stick those two guys in with some extra minutes, and, you know, you're going to get all the rebounds you want over the the Rockets. Um, So I I thought the Lakers might try to slow it down, Um, but, you know, maybe they don't need to with Rondo.
1: Yeah, maybe not. I think that it's just they i think that the rockets defend big men really well like better than teams anticipate you're kind of like oh, 100%. Oh, well, they're, they're short and so i think that it's it's not in their best pj it's tucker like, seven foot wingspan tucker, right like uh, people don't know, think so about
0: that they just think about his height he has you know he can extend his arms pretty far
1: yeah, I mean, he's. you he's see strong. him challenging these shots, and he's strong, and it's that, yeah, you never seem to be back him down. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Covington has been solid, you know. Um, but I think that you can't really go... You can't really... I don't know if you really should be playing a team that's small like that, you know, slow necessarily, because it gives them time to react. And it's weird. Like, when you watch the Thunder, like, I'm actually more engaged with watching them defensively than I am watching them offensively. Like, offensively, it's like, okay, Harden's got the ball. Uh, You know, maybe Westbrook's got the ball, you know, if it's kind of late in the shot clock or whatever. And they're just going to do their thing, and they're going to pass it, or Eric Gordon, whatever. They're going to kind of do their thing and pass it. And you kind of know what's happening with them on offense, and it's just whether or not they make it or not. But on defense, they work so hard, and they make steals, and they really just bully people, and they just work their asses off. So I don't really know if you can, like, quote-unquote, play small because they have long arms, like you were saying with P.J. Tucker, and they can trap you down low, and Anthony's not necessarily known for his passing off of the block. He's never really been known as a as a post-up player. He's, you know, been a face-up, you know.
0: Yeah. Uh, and elbow. he'll run the break, too.
1: And he'll run the break, and he's, you know, and he can shoot threes, and he, you know, is a great ball handler for size. I mean, he's probably the best ball handler Maybe, maybe Giannis is a better ball handler at that size, but
0: oh, yeah. I think you there.
1: just have to, you just have to fall on your strengths with his, you know, hand the ball to LeBron and allow LeBron to make the right play and have him be the floor general like Chris Paul was doing in that uh, series and just, you know, trust your players. And I, I think that's why they haven't played McGee much because even though he's, and I don't think they've even played, um, I think they played Howard a little bit in game one, but I don't think they played him at all. He didn't play the second
0: game. He didn't play at all.
1: So I don't know if that's good or bad, but if Morris and Kuzma are going to be solid off the bench, like, I don't, I think this team beats the Rockets that way. Um, I don't think that they beat them by going big because I think that they're just going to run them off the floor.
0: Yeah, it's totally fair, and it's one of those things where I think it really could just, we could see so many different kinds of games. We could see some poor shooting games from both teams and we could see some, you know, 135 to 130 games. I feel like, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I'll just point out one other thing, you know, um, James Harden had a huge game one and he actually shot the ball, um, pretty well in game two. Um, he shot 50%, but, um, he got to the line thirteen times, but um, mm, wow. he, he he only got he only uh, got twelve field goal attempts off. Um, Weird. And I yeah I, I noticed they, they were doubling him a lot more. I mean they always double Harden, but um, they were really very much forcing him to pass. And yeah, they did. You know, I remember that. Yeah, and the, and then the ball was just in Westbrook's hands a lot, and you know he didn't play very well. Um, Westbrook was a minus fourteen, um, whereas Harden's a Oof. plus eight this game, and. Oof. That's, I mean, that's just, that can't happen if the Rockets are going to win this series. Um, And I I just wonder if Westbrook can. I mean, he had 10 points last game on 4 15 shooting. And Mm. I just wonder if that's going to happen a couple times this series. There's no way they win. But, I mean, that's the thing. I just, Westbrook is so important to the series for the Rockets Mm -hmm. um, because. I think that's what they're going to try to do. The Lakers—they'll put all the pressure on Harden and make Westbrook, you know, make the decisions. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how Westbrook kind of responds throughout the series. I'd like to see him, you know, play their bench players more so he's able to kind of, you know, be "quote unquote" more unleashed. Um, it seems like Eric Eric Gordon's been playing pretty solid. In the in these first two games, um, yeah, he's a good. So I mean, I think you you just try to put Westbrook in positions to succeed, and and he's I know he's made some big like I think I've definitely seen him make some you know big rebounds, and um, but yeah, he's got to be a difference maker, and I just haven't really seen it. You know, to the extent he it looks like he had seven turnovers. In the last game which which we definitely kind of saw that you know there's a little yeah. foul trouble but it's a, it's a it's a lot i mean you know they're it's not like he's i mean the tallest player or the shortest player on the lakers starting is probably like danny green or caldwell pope and they're both like six four six five so i mean yeah. he's just got a it's a weird matchup and i don't know i'm kind of excited to this is definitely the the series the series i'm most intrigued Uh, for outside of this kind of Celtics-Raptors series, which just seems like a total crapshoot game-to-game. Yeah,
0: that one's really heating up. Um, But yeah, I just, like I said, I think this series is going to, we're going to be questioning the philosophies of both teams after every single game. I feel like it's just one of those series that It'll, be, it'll kind of be like the Nuggets and Jazz uh, last round where you're just like, mm-hmm. what is going on? You know, you don't know who to pick mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Exactly. But um, yeah. All right. So, yeah, I'm just going to move on, um, close out this segment here with a game we like to play here in my friend group um, <laughs> where we try to guess weird stats going on right now in the NBA. Um, these are actually going to be pretty challenging. I was not very kind when I was picking out these questions, so.
1: Oh, good. I'll, like, I'll, I'll make sure my screen so, is, uh, black. Yeah, so, make sure your screen's
0: uh, black, and take all the time you need to really think about these. Um, thank so you. I, I thank have, you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have three questions for you here. So this player, this is very simple. This player is second in the playoffs in three-pointers attempted per game. Would you like to give? Uh, would you like to hear the first?
1: He wait the first what? Oh, would I like to hear the who the first person is for? Yeah, sorry. Who, who who's made, uh, or taken, Just like attempts. like first and low, attempts specifically? Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. tell me the first.
0: The first is James Harden. Okay. The second is.
1: Wow. Um, so do I get like three? questions to narrow it down or is it just simply take in the information and and just throw it out
0: these are just three separate questions and i forgot to add that it's all um from teams still in the playoffs
1: still in the playoffs okay still that's important the for now yes okay
0: so i will just re- gonna... repeat it one more okay. time thank you this player is second in the playoffs in three pointers attempted per game
1: Alright, I'm gonna guess Tyler Hero.
0: I like that guess, um, but it is wrong.
1: It's wrong.
0: The answer is Fred Van Vliet, who is oh, taking oh my ten point one threes per game, and shooting forty two percent. What?
1: That yeah, that checks out. Actually, I I, I kind of like. Like I Fred feel like is one of those t- players. <laughs> I know, right? Fred's one of those players where you just you you he's doing things on the court. You know, he's there. You know, he's actually making some <laughs> contribution. But I could not tell you his stat line. Like he could be he could be like twenty one points a game, uh, or he could be fourteen, and yeah. I just I believe either of those. Just, he just he just, he just does he that. Because That's amazing. I-
0: I feel like every time I watch Fred VanVleet, it's him just taking like a crazy, like making an insanely contested layup. Just right. like a crazy, <laughs> right. like has like cuts all over him. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like 10 threes a game, and the Raptors have played a good amount of games now. It's right. Kind of crazy. Right, right. Um, But yeah, anyways, let's go to the second question here. Okay. Of players still in the playoffs, this player has the highest net rating. So, the best plus minus of Mm. any player in the fourth quarter of games. Mm. It's been a lot of fourth quarter performances.
1: Okay, I'm going to. I'm going to guess Jimmy Butler.
0: You got it, bro. Wow, nice. I thought you were going to go with Jamal Murray.
1: (laughs) I thought about it, but those games were so. Uh, back and forth. That yeah, I think just based on, I think just based on how it went to seven. Whereas Jimmy has, you know, they just lost the other day, but that was their first loss. And I still think he had a really solid fourth quarter. They just forced him uh, to to pass up the ball, unfortunately. Um, wow, that's interesting. Okay, Jimmy, unbelievable that guy. I hope I really I I, I do kind of hope that they they make it out of the series. That they, I know that they just have. They're just a more fascinating team to me, and I'd like to see, I mean, either the Celtics or Raptors would be an interesting matchup, but I'd like to see how the Celtics' uh, wings um, are able to handle, um, you know, all the defensive threats that they have, and whether or not, I think Marcus Smart and Kemba are are two interesting guards to match up against, you know, their plethora of guards, so I'm fascinated if that becomes a series, but even if it's the Raptors, it's going to be fun.
0: Yeah, I'm super pumped for it. Um and yeah, just as I'm looking at it now, just going through the fourth I mean the fourth quarter, it's been such a crazy playoffs. Here so Donovan Mitchell just has averaged twelve points per game in his six games this wow. playoffs. Um I'll just I'm just gonna read a couple of these. He shot fifty six percent and shot fifty two from three in the fourth quarter. Wow. Jamal Murray was se- is second with 11 points per game in the fourth quarter, shooting 65 from the field, 71 from three. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's insane. And then Jimmy, um, seven and a half points in the fourth, also great, uh, 58 mm-hmm. from the field and 50% from three. Wow, like just, just solid. I, this, does this happen every playoffs?
1: <laughs> I don't remember this ever happening. I feel like it's always so much more ugly. I know. Than this. <laughs> I just never. I mean, there's been like one or two standout players, and they ended up, I think, winning the whole thing. But no, I I don't remember this. I mean, I think Wade had a, one playoff that was kind of out of control, but I don't I don't remember anything like this where multiple people were just having out of control fourth quarters. I don't know if this is because they're in the bubble and there's not the home court every you know that that factor. I don't know, but but maybe there's just really good players that make sense on their teams. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been crazy to watch. Okay, so here's yeah, the uh, the last one. Here. Last one. So this playoffs, in points per game, so during this playoffs, points per game, mm. rank these players in the correct order of who's been averaging the most points per game. Goran Dragic, Chris Middleton, Kemba Walker.
1: Mm. I'm gonna go Chris. 1 or is this this is overall just points per not just per game. the series points per game the whole playoffs. The playoffs
0: at all times
1: okay i'm going to go chris number 1 um dragic number 2 and kemba number 3 how wrong was i
0: um it just flipped around so it's kemba wow. 1 dragic wow. 2 wow. yeah all and very chris close i made this one really hard um yeah, yeah. nice Kemba's at 22, Drajic's 21.6, and Middleton is wow. 20 on the dot. Um, wow. But it's something I only noticed, like, wanted to make a note of it because it's something, like, because Kemba did start off with a couple of weak games, but mm-hmm. he looks really good now, and I don't think that was a thing, like, at the end of the regular season into the no, playoffs. It wasn't. No, it um, No. So it's just, yeah, I mean, I know they're tied at the Raptors, and it's like I keep counting out the Raptors, and I feel guilty about it, but this Boston team yeah. is just so stuck. Like anyone can just light it up. It's, it's kind of crazy. Um,
1: yeah, they're fun to watch. That's, in- that's interesting because Kemba's had a nice last several games offensively. So that's good for him. That's a tough question. I, I, it doesn't bode well for Chris Middleton. Guess no, and, and that's, I also thought that was
0: interesting. you think Middleton would be getting all the shots he wants, but maybe he will now. Um, but, um, yeah, that'll do it for the stats game, and that's going to uh, do it for this episode of the podcast. I can't believe I finally got a guest on, the coveted <laughs> Johnny Harvey. Um, yeah, dude, thank well, you thank so much you. for coming thank on the show. Thank
1: you. Yeah, this was fun. We should do this again, I don't know, some other time.
0: We will, dude, uh, very soon.
1: Yeah, wow. Well, well, cheers to the point god and uh, and I'm excited to watch more basketball tonight. We got uh, I think we got the Celtics Raptors soon and then uh, and then that that strange Clippers uh Denver yeah, series. Yeah, so Clippers
0: Denver. Who knows. Just
1: a total who knows. <laughs> just just who knows what we're going to get out of that one. So, cool. Thanks for having me, man.
0: Yeah, of course, bro. And um you know, if any of you are f- documentarians out here, um, I'd like to give you a chance to, you know, put something that Johnny has been working very hard on nonstop for a couple of years now. Um, mm. It's a very special documentary, and um, it's you know hopefully going to be available pretty soon. Um, can you tell us a little bit mm-hmm. more about it?
1: Yeah, sure. I I've been working on a documentary for three years now, which is seems like a long time, but actually. Uh, It's like very little in an indie doc world, but it's.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, I know. It's like,
1: (laughs) I know. It's like some people do this for like five to ten years. I'm like, please no. But um, I've been doing a documentary about my grandfather and his family's comic book company, Harvey Comics. You may remember Casper the Friendly Ghost and Richie Rich and Hot Stuff. And I'm essentially documenting the rise and fall of this huge media empire. And the name of the documentary is called Ghost Empire. You can follow us on Ghost Empire Doc, um, and yeah, we're deep in post production, which was fun, and it's 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 going to be out sooner than later, um, that's for sure. And it's it's pretty exciting to like be at this stage, and we're plopping visuals down, we're starting doing score, and so it's just, it's just kind of fun to be. Uh, To be at this stage where we can finally see the project kind of come to life. So thanks for letting me plug that. And uh, if anybody has has made it this far in the pod, please uh, check us out. Um, You know, if you have some sort of affiliation with the character, some sort of strong emotional, you know, tie, whatever, feel free to DM me. Um, Not that hard to find. I'm, you know, Johnny Harvey 47 or Johnny Harvey or whatever it is on the social media. So uh, (laughs) thanks again for letting me plug that.
0: Of course, man. Yeah, I know we haven't gotten to talk about it recently, but um, you guys should all definitely check it out. Um, It's been, you know, like you said, a few years in the making now, and it's all super interesting stuff. That's going to do it for this episode of the Point God Podcast. Once again, thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you guys next week. Peace.